This is The Industry. A show built by the working class for the working class. If you have a job, this is the podcast for you. Here is your host, Levi Jett. Welcome to the industry. My name is Levi Jett. Thank you so much for joining us in our 24th episode. Along with me today is Carlos Correa. Carlos, how's it going, man? Good, man. How are you? Can't complain, man. Can't complain. Doing um, doing some yard work, enjoying some warmer weather. Finally, feels like it's feels like it's actually May now. Um, as May got off to a really rough start around uh, Indiana. Anyway, I'm sure for you up in Chicago too. You guys have been dealing with some pretty cold temps. Feeling more like March than May. 100%. For sure. Did you see the uh, the big I don't know, dust storm, dirt storm, like whatever it was um, out there? What was the Springfield yeah, in Illinois? In central Illinois off of I-55. <clears throat> I had read about it. I read a little article about it um, when it had first happened. But as you were telling me, I heard it got a lot serious. Yeah, man. Like it's, it says, so it was 72 cars. Um, I think there's been nine fatalities at this point. And, and you hear about what actually happened. I mean, they had just um, were running, you know, tractors over fields. And, and, you know, that topsoil dirt was really loose. When from a, you know, storm to, storms to the north. Um, was you know still working kicked up all that and pretty much you know created white out conditions um you know in a seconds it's one thing to to have that happen in a snowstorm because you kind of expect it but you know on a, on a normal day that's you know 50 degrees and you know no threat of anything for that to come up out of nowhere i mean that's got to be extremely frightening for those uh for those motors well, I mean, you you know, I mean, we talked about it before. I've told you before. I mean, that was when we were traveling or when we were, you know, uh, working together. That was like one of my biggest fears is a whiteout condition and, and getting into an accident like that. And to happen in conditions where you don't even expect it, man, that really has to be one of the scariest things ever. Absolutely. I mean, so when I was in Afghanistan, I was in two like sand slash dust storms. Um, those were pretty wild. Thankfully, like we weren't driving, um, you know, just kind of more caught outside and was able to, to seek cover. Um, just what wall of dust, you know, just come at you. I mean, it's like being in a mover. Some sort of weird sci-fi like the fog or the mist or whatever, you know, where just it just creeps in and um and again, I mean, you know, to to be in that and to not, you know, to seek cover, I mean, you're completely covered in, you know, dust and sand from head to toe. Um, so you know, uh, 
a lot of personal cleanup is involved uh, after being caught in one of those. But, but yeah, just just a wild kind of weather phenomenon taking place in um, in Illinois last week. Uh, so the last episode we did, we talked about East Coast facilities, facility care. Um, facility care just released an update, um, believe it was at some point last week saying that there is now in, in seven days from allowing vendors to sign up for facility care, that there has now been almost $500 million of combined revenue of the companies that have signed up for it. Um, kind of a you know kind of a wordy stat um you know but an interesting stat none the least um what's your take on you know what that means for me <clears throat> when i hear a number like that i'm thinking there's a couple i wouldn't call them big players but maybe locally to their area are big players um, but compared to like nationwide companies or smaller guys, I'm thinking, you know, Joshua was able to reach out to these people and the way he spoke in his interview, I think a lot of people were like, man, you know, maybe this is it. Like, this is the company we sign up for because they're not signing up with the rest of the companies that we all know of for the same reason that even like the smallest companies that want to sign up for so man i mean if this is true that's 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 a legit network man i think yeah i think it's i mean i i don't see there being a reason for it or not i think that it, there's some excitement there in, in what's happening and you know that this looks to be off to a very good start and and uh, it's not surprising, you know, for to see providers sprinting toward um, signing up for a company that, you know, is is very public and vocal uh, about, you know, making sure that they're doing right by them. Um, so, you know, expect to see to see more of that. Again, just kind of a, um, uh, I want to say weird. It's not weird, uh, but it, it's just kind of an uncommon stat, I guess. I didn't expect to see. Um, something like that shared i guess so um but yeah no it's as open as he, he could you know so yeah for sure no it's um definitely um something to watch and we'll continue to watch you know as as time moves forward and as we uh you know see what this facility care company is going to turn into think about it man to to have that backup as your providers i mean let's say a provider is good in an area you're not you know and they're you know they can be anywhere at any time i mean for a customer like amazon or walmart they building a new headquarters and they reach out to this guy and this guy can get it you know instantly he can have someone on site you know doing work like that's that is crazy. That is great service. He's, you know, 
Yeah, from what he's talked about, though, you know, he doesn't intend to be in, you know, every, you know, sub market out there. You know, the major markets, yes, but, you know, I, I don't expect him to get bound, you know, in places that are, you know, wide open and, and where it is kind of harder to find a provider network. Um, and I would think that, it, you know, again, it would be smart if you were just able to avoid those areas altogether. Yeah. You know, and in my opinion, types of areas long in a managed services portfolio um, to begin with, just because it doesn't doesn't work the way you need it to work. The you know the the numbers aren't there as far as population as you know how many actual providers are going to be um, available to you. You know, because you need you know some to be able to make it work. So. Uh, I think he's going to try at least, you know, at the beginning is, you know, what he says is that he's going to try to maybe avoid, um, you know, getting into every area. There's areas he just doesn't have in. And I believe that those are probably the areas that I'm speaking of. But I mean, there, there's there locally again, locally, there should be some big players in those areas. Um, not, not to get too much into it, but I know, you know, there, there should be and if you get the opportunity and that you know you're to get a contract in that area that'll help you and one of your providers why not that's just how sure I yeah and yeah no i i agree with you man i mean it definitely makes sense but uh speaking of of big players uh locally um I don't, I don't know how familiar you are with the lawn care industry in your area, but here around me, I mean, it's, it's very competitive, competitive. There's a lot of I'm sure. local big players, um, and, and smaller guys. I mean, just in these towns alone that I live here in the DuPage area, that's DuPage County where I live in. I mean, there's landscape co companies for everyone and anyone looking for something, you know, any type of service. But um, you know what I've been noticing, and and it's not really even with like the, the the bigger local guys, it's also with like bigger companies nationwide. So I've noticed a lot of companies being bought out by either I don't know what you call them, um, investment groups or some type of of, of a group that buys these local bigger companies and creates one big one. And I'm seeing it more and more to where um, it's, it caught my attention and it isn't, and it's, and, and it's happening everywhere. I know um, there's a company called, I, I mean, I, I don't know if we're, if we're able to say names or if, if we'd get in trouble but with, with our millions of viewers that we have. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, go ahead and pull the trigger, man. There's a company called, called Yellowstone that I had never heard of, but has come into Illinois and bought a couple of big players um, to the Chicagoland and the suburbs. And this is hmm. this is now a nationwide company. And the same thing happened with, yeah. you know, with, with other companies around here. They're all joining these. I don't know if they're joining or getting bought out, but it's 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 getting interesting. And I'm. I'm trying to understand why someone would go ahead and do that um, if they're seeing the value of um, 
blue collar industry um is that finally getting to a level where people are hey you know maybe we should invest in buying a couple of these because there is a lot of money going around and and most of these companies man they're they're not commercial companies some of these companies are you know um high-end residential companies so it's 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 pretty interesting what's happening out here and i'm, I'm pretty sure it's help, happening in other bigger cities but in the chicago market man it's 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 happening yeah so and that makes me makes me kind of um you know think just a little bit about where we are kind of in society when it comes to i guess just how everything runs man i mean so you're talking about you know what i assume are family-owned businesses selling to a larger investor so you know there's a couple different things to look at there and one is you know why are these family businesses even going up for sale to begin with um now and again you know maybe it's not you know they were outwardly hey my company is for sale maybe these people you know reached out and said hey you know what do you think about this because the the generation of people set to take take the the next place in the order of a family-owned business I mean stop for a second and think about who those types of people are and, and really available to them today instead of continuing a family um, because let's face it I mean if, if you're the person if you're the primary person or one of the primary people keeping that family business going that's a lot of work. That's a lot of hard work. And, but, I mean, in, in today's society, there's a lot of opportunity out there to make money. And it's not, um, not going to be kind of going down the same, the same path as a family owned business. And so, I mean, you look at, kids out there all over the place that you know have tens and hundreds of thousands of followers on these different social media platforms to monetize tweets. do that at 13 14 you know what does that look like for them by the time they're 18 years old what does it look like when they're ready to, you know, go out as an adult into the world and either go to college or look at a career? But if you're able to make 30 or 40 grand a year from monetizing your social media, you're not going to look at the world the same way. You know, you're you're not going to look at your options the same way coming out of high school because now you've. I mean, you know, who who graduates high school and is making forty grand a year? Like, you know, I mean, that sure wasn't available to to us growing up. I mean, that, that's 
that's crazy. And so, and again, that's just one example. But what happens is, you know, these people, these, you know, these investment groups and these people out there, they're calling these family-owned businesses and having a conversation of, hey, you're to the point where you're going to want to retire. You're getting to the point where you're going to want to hand that business off. And what's that look like if, you know, if your oldest is maybe, again, maybe they're, they've monetized their social media to a point where they don't feel they need to pursue that same path that, that you set out for yourself. And then maybe the middle child, you know, is going to go to college for something because now more than ever, college is more accessible to everybody online colleges and you can do them in the middle of the night so again you know it's something where maybe the parents or the grandparents started this business out of absolute dire necessity and they've been able to turn it into a successful thing to make money but again you know because you, know, you gotta you have to have a passion to run a business successfully. So if you know, I'm not if I'm not passionate about it and I instead want to go to school or I want to, you know, make money in one of these new ways of making money, you know, drop shipping, day trading crypto and, and day trading stocks. They make it to where anybody can do it. Am, am I saying that everybody is out there making millions of dollars by trading crypto? No. But if you're willing to put in the effort, the research, and, and all that stuff, and you have some seed money to start, it, it's something that people are trying. They're trying their hand at it. And you know the same thing goes to you know come up with I don't know you know just 70,000 hours of just little side hustles here and there and that replaces the salary you need to make not to mention that that 70,000 that you're in an unorthodox way grew way faster if you can figure out how to make 70 grand from soda and shipping and um, you know whatever whatever else is going on. I mean, OnlyFans, shit. You know, I mean, there, there, there's tons of stuff going on out there. And if you know, if you're able to make seventy grand and that's your salary, that next year, that next two years, that next three years, you're going to be making tons of money off of that. Whereas if you were making a if you're at a job that was paying you seventy, you know you're not going to look at ninety the next year, or hundred and ten the year after that. That's not how raises work. But if you're doing one of these unorthodox things, again you're basically an entrepreneur, and you're in charge of where things are going to go. And I think that's something that. Not just with family-owned businesses, but you know the, the the labor force in general, you know, has to understand that. Go ahead. And it's easier. I mean, for people that call 
drug dealing easy money like they say it's easy money like your overhead you have no overhead it's just you you know what i'm saying like it's you making money off of you your content whatever it is you're doing and mm -hmm. you have no overhead it's easier you have no employees you have to pay no insurance that i know of unless you're shipping or whatnot health insurance uh, i mean yeah that's even, it though even, even health insurance like you make so much money that you don't need to have a health insurance like if you're making thousands right. of dollars it's like you could just pay out of pocket like yeah sure like, sure but you know what i'm saying like your overhead isn't like yeah. small families you have to pay insurance you have to pay for vehicles you have to pay this this and that your overhead is internet a top top tier phone and that's that's pretty much it And that's the that's the crazy thing. And I mean, I'm not necessarily one to you know blindly and wildly advocate for you should just you know walk away from your job that pays you six figures to blind to you know shipping or something like that. No, but again, I mean, I think a lot of people out there are you know willing to try some of these avenues because if you get one or two that click then all of a sudden you're starting to uh, um use your dependency on you and but to kind of bring it back to um you know the original point you know that business is strong you know again it, it goes back to what type of life do you want you know when when case brought me on as a salaried position i had two job offers and i had that or i could go be a and i had done plumbing work before so the you know like i was familiar and honestly like the the, the plumbing job offer was probably the better of the two offers to tell you the truth um the the pay was I would have made a paycheck with plumbing um, because it was an hourly. Pattern. I think it was like 50 hours a week or something. So I was guaranteed 10 hours at least each week of overtime. Um, you know, they were going to they were going to pay for me to go to plumbing school one night a week. You know, starting as soon as I had my first six months in with the company. Um, so, you know, be, be on the journey to be a licensed plumber. And, you know, so, but something I really had to weigh out and it was, okay, you know, what kind of life do you want now? You know, is it, do I want to come home every, you know, smelling like shit, you know, nasty? Um, or do I want to come home, you know, clean uh and, and you know burn through a bunch of a bunch of boots and shoes and stuff like you know for me it was you know do i want to drive around in a truck all day that was like crap or do i want to drive around in a very nice you know pretty new f-350 you know i mean i mean seriously like I, these were my considerations and it was like you may not be, be able to offer this stability you know the same 
um, type of career path that plumbing could. But again, it goes to you know what do you what would you rather do? And times family businesses, you know, are kind of boring businesses or you know like uh, jobs. You know, people it's not cut out for everybody to do. And then you know you flip it around to say, well, oh, I, I could just lay around on my couch all day and make money from my you know from doing this and doing that and i mean again a, a decision has to be you know what you think for you in the long term uh but yeah it's uh doesn't surprise me necessarily that you know companies are are being bought up like that because to me that's kind of a uh another way to look at the fact that you know unemployment's not gonna go up because we have some too and i think this is you know kind of ties into that a little bit and then another thing with family businesses and i'm, I'm talking about like experience you know that, I, that i've experienced because my family uh runs a business as well um, and from what I've heard from others is, I think parents, and I'm not trying to blame all the parents out there, but parents that run a, a family company tend to push their kids into that um, industry or that business. And for like sure, said, with, with so many options that, that are out there, I mean, the last thing you want to do is, is do the same thing your parents were doing, right? Unless you, you learn to love it and you learn to like it and, you know, it becomes a passion. But it, it doesn't always work that way, man. I know my siblings were a, a hard no. And, you know, for, fortunately for my dad, like, I, I fell in love with the industry and I fell in love with the business. And, you know, out of the three uh, children he had, only one of them really pursued um, his what would you call it his interest um so right. you know and 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 i think that's where parents should really step back and be like you know what maybe i shouldn't force my kids in here and a lot of parents are doing that you know they give them options um i watch a lot of um i follow a lot of people on youtube and, and a lot of farmers and the same thing um you know i've seen some videos with farmers are like you know what it's just you know my youngest son or my youngest daughter who helped me because the rest of my kids didn't why did nothing to do with farming, you know? So it, we're, we're in a time where the younger generation, you know, our kids will have, will can, can make money doing whatever. I mean, really, they could be doing nothing and they'll be making money, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 just, it's just crazy to think that, you know, 20 years ago, whatever your dad did, you did. Or even in like the, mm -hmm. like, rural areas you know it was more like that whatever your dad did you did and now even in the rural areas it's you have options because of the internet and maybe um people out there with money investors or whatnot are looking at that and be like hey you know this is our opportunity to go into this industry or to buy a business like this and you know let's start making money you know, because the younger generation isn't going to do it, and someone's going to have to do it. You know, so why not? Why not us? That's what I think. And and you just brought up the 
Yeah, because you just brought up kind of the hidden, um, hidden part of this. So uh, I believe the person's name is Cody Sanchez. LinkedIn. Um, she's a real follow, um, but she talks about buying uh, or teaching people how to buy. Is what she calls them. And so, you know, everyone in town has, you know, that car wash that's been there forever, that's not name brand, you know, and it's, you know, calling a place like that, talking to the owner, and, you know, kind of having a conversation about, hey, you know, like, what's your plans for the future? You know, is, is someone going to come in here and run this when you're ready to step away? You know, are you going to sell? Have you given it any thought? And, you know, like she's showing ways that you can buy businesses kind of on consignment, you know, where you put a little bit down and then over the next, you know, two or three, four years, you're kind of making, you know, payment. You you, you take over from um, the time you put the money down and out of that profit, you know, you're kind of paying them the rest of what's owed. Uh, but again, you know, that's a way to, to go in there and, um, you know, start creating a um, monopoly over, you know, the businesses that are in your area. And you're right. I mean, there are, you know, a, a lot of, you know, good things, positive things. I mean, you know, you, you can make a lot of money from a lot of blue collar businesses out there. Oh, and, you, you know, I mean, and you work with, you know, some great people that are going to put you know ounce of themselves into that business to help you so um you know as far as it be a investment opportunity i think it's a great one for sure all right so um that about does it for this episode of the industry be sure to catch us back here next week for an all new episode. Um, and there, I want you to still um, anticipate changes with the next few weeks. Um, we're talking about maybe bringing in another intro um, to the show, talking about you know making some other just stylistic changes. Um, you know, just trying to find, you know, where we want to be for a show. Um, but yeah, so we'd, we'd also like in the meantime, please. Our, I was just going to say to our million of followers, we apologize for not um, having an episode last week. <laughs> um, we had a busy family weekend um, on our end, so I'd like to apologize. And if there's anything we could do for our millions of followers, let us know. Yeah, yeah. Gotta make sure we uh, we appease the millions of listeners out there. Yes, <laughs> but but in this share, like our show, comment, interact, do whatever. Thank you. <laughs> For sure. But all right, Carlos, play our uh, outro music to get us out of here, man. A show built by the working class for the working class. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you're at it, help us spread the word by leaving a rating and review.